Welcome to Words of Grace, radio ministry of Elder Ben Winslet, pastor of the Flint River Primitive Baptist Church near Huntsville, Alabama. We invite you to stay tuned to today's broadcast. Our broadcast today is entitled, Looking for Open Doors. Today I want to revisit a subject that we recently considered on a Sunday morning in our series through the book of Colossians at Flint River Primitive Baptist Church, the subject of open doors. We recently concluded that series on Colossians, and you can find it in its entirety at our church Facebook page in video format, and you can also find it on the YouTube channel for MarchToZion.com. This was a very beneficial and enjoyable and edifying study, and I think that the last message that we delivered from it was probably one of the most uplifting ones out of the entire series. As we were in Colossians chapter 4 weeks ago, we noticed chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, and we shared some of that with you even here on the radio. Continue in prayer, Paul says, and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. As we said, we shared a message with you on the first part of that, continue in prayer and watch in the same. And in that message, we emphasize the importance of praying for situations in the world that seem to be out of our control, because though we can't impact the world around us directly so many times, we can call upon a God who can turn the king's heart as the rivers of waters are turned in the wilderness. So we have one that hears us, and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We know that when we pray, God hears and God answers. And so many things we could have in the world that we don't have simply because we don't ask for them. We have not because we ask not. We are to pray always, as we emphasized in that message. But we should also be specific in our prayers. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. This prayer that we pray, any prayer that we pray, is to be fervent, and it's effectual. It has intent and meaning and purpose. Now, as we are to pray specifically, like Elijah, a man subject to like passions, as are we, he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain. Specific prayer is something that we are to do. And one thing that we are to specifically pray for, as we see here in Colossians chapter 4, are open doors. We pray always for open doors that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which Paul at this point in his life and his ministry was in bonds or imprisoned. Paul actually writes the book of Colossians from jail in one of his incarcerations for preaching the gospel. Put Briefly and succinctly, one of the opportunities, one of the things that we are to pray for is open doors. Open doors to share the Word of God or do anything else that God would have us to do in our own individual lives, in our own communities. I think one of the greatest problems in modern Christendom is that to serve God, we have it in our mind so many times as American Christians that we have to go somewhere far away and do something very difficult in another place with people we don't know, when that couldn't be further from the truth for the overwhelming majority of God's people. God expects for us to serve Him where we are, in the community we're in, 
in a church near to us, with people that we come in contact with in our day-to-day lives. The service of God, for most people, again, is not in some foreign field, but is right here where God has planted you. America is one of the most overlooked places for doors of utterance and for the preaching of the Word of God. And to be frank, America is one of the places in the world that needs the most repentance because God has blessed us with so very much, not only in a material sense, but in a spiritual sense here in this country. And what we do with it so much of the time is to consume it upon our own lusts. We bicker, we fight, we have animosity between us and our fellow man. We curse man as we praise God with the same tongue. James epistle really hammers on a lot of things that we as Americans get wrong. But we are to pray for open doors or opportunities to serve in our communities. Now here in Colossians 4, Paul instructs them to pray for open doors of utterance, that is to say opportunities. An open door represents an opportunity to serve. Opportunities, open doors of utterance. And of course, utterance means to speak. And so when he says to pray for an open door of utterance, what he has reference to is praying for an opportunity to speak or to preach or to share the gospel or the Word of God with others. And while we want to do this with people who have heard the Word of God before, and we do every weekend, we also want to take the Word of God to people that have never heard the Word of God. They've never heard the gospel preached. They might be in your communities, and they know something about church. They know people go to church. They might think that people who go to church are religious. They might think that they're judgmental. They might think they're hypocritical. Or they might recognize that there are times in their own lives when church people have helped them, when they had a need. But people need to hear the Word of God, and it ought to be our life's work to put the Word of God before as many people as we can put the Word of God before. And again, we love to remind you of this. From 2 Corinthians, we know that we're the savor of life to those who are alive, and we're the savor of death to those who are dead. In other words, as we indiscriminately share the Word of God with people around us in our communities, if someone has spiritual life, we have the savor of life to them. We smell like life. But if someone is unregenerate, if they are yet in their sins, maybe they're not yet born again, maybe they will one day be born again by God's sovereign will— Maybe they will never be born again. We simply don't know. And that's not our job. That's what God does through the Holy Spirit. If they're not born again, we'll have the savor of death unto those that are dead. So we recognize that while we put the Word of God before as many people as we can possibly put the Word of God before, God has to do His sovereign work before it's received, and we will either smell like life or death, depending on the person that we preach the gospel to. But our job is to do what? Our job is to preach the Word of God. It might confirm someone's eternal life, bring their life and immortality to light, as Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, or it might be a testimony against them. We might shake the dust of our shoes off against them and depart and go another way. Either way, our job is to preach the Word, and to do that, we have to have open doors to share the gospel. We have to have those opportunities for this to be successful. Now, as we're thinking of other passages, before we turn to some examples of open doors, might I just insist that God doesn't even call us to be successful. He simply calls us to be faithful. But if we're to be successful in sharing the gospel and seeing our churches grow and continue into another generation because of growth, we need opportunities from God to preach the Word. 
Now, this is depicted so often in Scripture. Acts chapter 14 and verse 27. This is just a passage after God had given the Gentiles the Word of God, and Gentiles began to be organized in churches. When they were come and had gathered the church together, this is verse 27 of Acts 14, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Luke here in Acts chapter 14 describes the opportunity to evangelize Gentiles as God opening a door. So you go back to Acts chapter 10 and read of Cornelius, and you read of those that were with him being converted and joining the church, and all of these various Gentile congregations that were established after that time period. And what you see there is God opening a door, and then these men being bold enough and brave enough to walk through that door, not walking past it and ignoring it, but taking hold on, seizing the opportunity, they go and they have what we would call success. They go and they find people that they preach to. People join in. Churches are constituted. And just reading through the book of Acts, if you never have, I would encourage you to do so. You will not find a more excited group of people And you will not find a more exciting church atmosphere so often than that of the first century church. It really is invigorating to go and to share the Word of God with people and to baptize them and to see the light bulb click, to see their lives changed right before you through God working each and every week as they come in the church and hear the Word of God, as they mature and they grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is an exciting thing to be a part of a church culture like that. And you say, Pastor, we haven't had baptisms in our church for many, many years. We don't experience that. Well, pray that God would, again, open doors of utterance so that that can be a part of your church culture as well. God is pleased to give that when we ask, I believe. It might take repenting of some things in our congregations that maybe the Lord is offended with, or some traditions or customs, or some bad mentalities, or even false doctrine, but God is pleased when His children call upon Him to give them that for which they ask. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, Paul says, "...for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries." As we preached on that, we pointed out that when God opens a door, He doesn't take away all the adversity. But that door is opened, and as we noted from the book of Revelation recently, when God opens a door, no man can close it. When God closes a door, no man can open it. And again, doors stand for opportunities. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I found not Titus my brother, I took leave of them, etc. Paul went into a city to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto him to do just that. And so Paul goes into these various communities. He goes and he tries to find people who are receptive to the word. He preaches the gospel indiscriminately as God gives opportunity, and he's simply working in the ministry. We're so busy in today's time working on so many other things than the ministry that we miss out on a lot of these opportunities. But this is what the church is to always be about doing sharing the Word of God with people in our communities. We referenced it a moment ago from the book of Revelation. As Jesus speaks to the church of Philadelphia, he tells them that he knows they have little strength, but they've not denied his name, they've kept his word, and because of that, 
He opens and no man shuts, and he shuts and no man opens, and he has set before them an open door. In other words, God's granting of an open door to them to minister and to grow and to thrive was not based upon their strength. It was based upon the fact that Christ has the key of David, as it were. But notice the opportunity in that passage as well is described as an open door. And so when Paul says to pray always, and to pray specifically as we pray always, that God would grant open doors of utterance, he's really giving the church an important responsibility. As we preached on this recently, a dear friend at our church said, Brother Ben, you really challenged us with that message, to pray for open doors and to go about looking for them, which is the next thing that we'll consider today. And I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but in a sense, this is a challenge. Paul is challenging the church at Colossae to pray that the ministry would have opportunities to share the Word of God, and in sharing the Word of God that, well, people would be converted to the faith and would begin to worship Christ in spirit and in truth and be assured of their salvation, have the joy of their salvation. What a wonderful thing it is when God's people hear the Word and they begin to worship Him in His church. The next point that we want to emphasize on the broadcast today is that as we ask for open doors, these open doors don't just appear before us most of the time. In other words, this isn't some magical thing where you and I go to church and we get together and we pray, dear Lord, give us an open door, and then some mystical door appears before us and we open it and we walk through it. Now, certainly there are times when we pray that God sends people to us that we can love and care for and preach the Word of God to, who can walk with our congregations, that God does just send someone into your midst, and they come to church, you can preach to them, you can mesh them into your own and love on them, and you can see them grow. That does happen from time to time. Many, many times that has happened in our experience here at Flint River, where someone we didn't even know comes into our lives, and we preach to them, we teach them the scriptures, and it's just a a God thing from the beginning to the end. But I want us to understand that simply asking is not the end all as it pertains to open doors. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, Jesus says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So many times we describe opportunities as when opportunity knocks. Does opportunity knock as it relates to open doors? Well, sometimes, but many times we actually have to go and knock on opportunity. Did you catch that? Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. What do you knock on? You knock on a door. Now, I don't believe this is coincidence that Jesus uses this verbiage of knocking to describe things that we stand in need of, things that we want, things that we require. In fact, just to show that this does have a direct application to ministry, the verse directly prior to this warns not to give holy things to dogs or pearls to swine because they'll trample them and rend you. So, We like to think about that passage as it relates to evangelism and certain people that we might pray to be delivered from rather than to because they are yet in their sins and obstinate reprobate hardened against the truth. They stand in need of something that we can't give them. We're told not to cast our pearls before them. But as it relates to opportunity, the very next statement is, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. 
Notice how this escalates. First, you ask. You simply say, Lord, I want an opportunity. I pray for an opportunity to serve you. And then the next thing you do is you seek. You go actively looking for an opportunity to do whatever it is that God wants you to do to serve him. And I'll just say right here, so many times we say, Lord, I want an opportunity. Here's what I want it to look like. Here's what I want in this open door. Please cause this open door to just appear before me. But that really isn't how it works at all. And we'll emphasize what an open door looks like in just a moment. We don't pick the open doors. Rather, as ministers or servants or slaves of Christ, we say, Master, what is it that you would have me to do? And whatever he says unto you, you do it. And that's to borrow the language from Mary, the mother of our Lord, early in his ministry when he turns the water to wine, those people who carried around the water that was made wine, she told them, whatever he says to you, do it. Well, that's the responsibility that we have as his servants. We might say, Lord, I'm a servant, but I don't want to do this work. I want to do that work. So please let me have an opportunity to do this specific work as it is convenient in the way that I want to get it done. But we have to remember that that isn't the role of a servant. That's not how it works when you're a servant to someone. Rather, we simply say, Lord, open doors for us to minister and to serve. Please give us opportunities to help people. In Jesus' name, amen. And then we go about seeking the opportunity that we prayed for. So if I ask for an open door to share the gospel, the next step is to go around looking for someone to share the gospel to, or perhaps sharing the gospel with everyone I come in contact with. Now, as we seek, we go about and we look. We seek. We're searching for someone to minister to. As we find someone that we can minister to, either in a physical sense or a spiritual sense, we're to knock. And this takes it to the next step as these steps escalate. First we ask, then we seek or we search or we look, then we knock. We try to capitalize on the opportunity. As fishers of men, we might be gauging a person and burden to share the word with them or invite them to church. And here this moment of action comes where we knock. We might share the word. We might invite them to attend worship in our assembly. We might share with them a Christian book or some resources that will help them with the struggle that they're going through at this very present moment. We ask for the opportunity. We look for the opportunity. And then we act on the opportunity. We knock on the door, and if it's a door that God has opened, guess what will happen? Well, it will open. If it's not a door that God has opened, well, it's shut, and there's not a whole lot that we can do other than move on, and that's okay, too, because finding those closed doors are a part of realizing what the open door is. When you knock on ten doors, and one of them only opens, you know that that one that opened was an opportunity that God gave you. God and His sovereignty has opened a door. Now, to emphasize that last point again, God opens the door. It is God himself that causes the open doors to work. Now, if this is helping someone financially, God gave you the opportunity, God gave you the means, and God gave you the person to bless and the calls to help. He sent someone into your life, as it were, to help. But especially as it relates to the sharing of the gospel, God is intimately connected with this. You notice this in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. 
God adds to the church daily. Now, sometimes people read that and they say, well, we don't need to go share the gospel with anybody because God is going to get them here if God wants them here. And most of the time, when that has been embraced, the congregation that embraces it gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and you begin to ask the question, does God want anyone here at all, if that's true? Well, no, God added to the church daily such as should be saved after all of these other things that the church had been doing in the verses prior to this, like continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. They had repented of their sins. They had been baptized. And these apostles are going about preaching the word of God everywhere they go. There were things that happened before the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. It didn't just happen randomly, and it didn't happen without them being obedient, but it happened when they had obeyed God. It's been my desire to speak on this topic here on the radio for a number of weeks. This is something that I wanted to talk about as soon as we ended the study of the seven churches of Asia in Revelation, because I have a little bit of a personal story with this concept that I wanted to share with our radio audience. During the prolonged California shutdown, now, if you're familiar with Words of Grace, you know, obviously by my accent, that I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama, and for the last 15-plus years, we've lived here in Huntsville, Alabama. We've called it our home. In Alabama, we didn't have a draconian response to COVID-19-like states such as California. You know, When we're talking about a draconian response, obviously, most of us have in mind the state of California, as we say in Alabama, bless their hearts. I was watching a video of a pastor who was lamenting all of the types of ministry that their church does that had been shut down because of California's COVID response. And he rattled them off. They have a bus ministry. Their church runs as many buses to get people to church as the school system there probably runs. He lamented that they couldn't go into nursing homes and minister to the aged anymore because of that. They wanted to meet safely in person with masks and social distancing, but the state wouldn't allow them to do that. And that was how we met here in Alabama, but they couldn't do that in California. So they were just not able to meet at all inside. They had to meet in the parking lot, whether hot or cold, and they did, and they were faithful to worship God in that capacity. But it was really ridiculous, and they were lamenting all of the ministries that they could no longer do. They had after-school programs, programs for children. They had a prison ministry where they would go into prisons and labor the gospel among those who are imprisoned, many of them, most of them, there because they committed a crime. They did something that was wrong. They're serving their time. But when God calls his people and they're in a prison, well, they need the word of God, just like you and I need the word of God. And so this church takes the word of God into those scenarios as well. When this man was lamenting all of the ministry that they could no longer do because of California, I'm just going to be honest. It felt like a punch to the gut to me personally, because I realized how many opportunities there are in the world that I'm not capitalizing on, doors that I'm not asking for God to open, and it honestly made me feel very guilty for not leading this particular congregation to do more. Now, when that happened, I began looking for groups in our neighborhood, in our neck of the woods, that we could partner with to help. Now, here locally, as I prayed about it, I remembered that there was a group in town that helps school kids with food and backpacks and clothing, and I reached out to the administrator of that group, and they were glad to have our help. And 
We had the opportunity to go and load food bags that were distributed to children, and a different church comes in once every month or two and loads up bags full of supplies that other people have brought in and donated, and you supply the manpower to go get that done. And boy, we were so excited to do that, knowing that we were helping young children in that school, that we were at least a link in the chain that got some young kids food in a school district where 60% of the children live in poverty. But as I was meeting with the administrator several times, she just threw out there that they have a new after-school program, a Bible devotion program, similar to what most of us remember from when we were in school, where you'd meet with a group of kids and study the Bible before or after school, and they really didn't have anyone to lead that study. And after praying about it, I felt like that would be something good for me to do. And so I agreed to do that. And would you believe that for now, more than a year, about a year and a half, I've had the privilege of leading a Wednesday afternoon devotion after school with kids, mostly from the housing projects. When you ask for open doors, God will provide them. Now, just to give you three types of things that you might expect, when you ask for an open door, number one, God might give you the opportunity to help people. They might call you out of the phone book. Hey, pastor, I've lost my job. Food's so expensive. I can't feed my family if I pay my mortgage or I pay my power bill. Can y'all help in any way? And the answer to that question, the first time they ask, ought to be yes. If you can, then yes. Well, they might be suffering self-inflicted wounds. That's true. And so were you, which is why Jesus came to die for you. We have to keep the cross at the center focus of all that we do, and it helps us be a little more gracious and charitable to others. Now, if they call back a second time, needing help with their utility bill or food, we might meet with them and do some financial counseling. We might help them find a better job. But you help people. You provide the need when they have a need. Now, if you don't have people that call you, sometimes you can partner with other groups like what we've done here in our church. But those are opportunities that you can seek out, you can find, and you can act upon. Number two, an open door that you and I have in our lives is mentoring others. Scripture promotes the mentoring of other people very strongly. The aged women are to teach the younger women to love their husbands and love their children. Older men are to mentor younger men and teach them what it means to be a man. Mentoring people is something that we can do in the church, something we can do in our communities. It's something that we can do through organizations. You've just got to search those things out, and that's something that the church doesn't assign you to do. It's more organic. You just simply do it because that's who you are as a Christian. You bring someone under your wing. And lastly, the one that we've emphasized the most today Sharing the Word of God. We need open doors, opportunities to share the Word of God. And this is something that has to happen in more places than just the pulpit. Though getting people to church is one of the most major significant ways that we impact people with the Word of God, because you can't carry your pastor around in your pocket. You can't carry him around in your backpack. No, you've got to get people there to hear the Word of God. For those of us that share the Word of God and know the Word of God and can give exhortation or lessons from the Word or even outright preachers, you and I can participate in programs for young people. We can go into nursing homes. We can go into prison or drug rehab. We can share the Word of God one-on-one with people around us. Now, you fathers 
you can be sharing the Word of God with your children. In fact, God commands you to do that. As a pastor, I've got your children's attention, if you bring them to church, one hour a week, but you can share the Word of God with them every single day. Those are open doors to share the Word of God with people. And lastly, in our modern present day and age, we have the means to find open doors electronically. You're listening to a radio broadcast or the podcast of that radio broadcast right now. That's an open door, an opportunity that here at our church, this is now our 14th year, I believe, on the air. This is a ministry we felt burdened to do, and we've been greatly blessed in the opportunity to share the Word through this electronic means. But now we have video and podcasting and streaming media and so many other ways, opportunities to share the Word of God. Church, we've simply got to be active in the service of God, and so we pray for open doors, but we don't just ask, then we go seek, then we go knock, and whatever it is that God would have us to do, well, we ought to go and we ought to do it. May we pray for open doors to the benefit of God's people and to the glory of His Son. Again, I'm Ben Winslet, thanking you for listening to Words of Grace today, inviting you to tune in again next week at this time. Until then, may the Lord's richest blessings be yours, is my prayer. If you enjoy the messages you hear on Words of Grace, consider this your invitation to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. Address your correspondence to Words of Grace Radio, 641 Moontown Road, Brownsboro, Alabama, 35741, or visit us online at flintriverpbc.org.